Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Well, Gather, today we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. We believe that Jesus died, like actually really died. And then he rose from the dead, like really actually rose from the dead, was no longer dead, came back to life. And Easter also marks the end of the Lenten season. And um, we've been walking through this one particular idea over and over again uh, through through the last season, through the last six weeks. We've been talking all about our humanity and uh, talking about how to embrace our full selves, how to embrace all of our humanity, not avoid it or push it down, but really embrace it as a way to encounter God. And one of the reasons we spent six weeks talking about that, one of the reasons we spent all of our Lenten season, our season of preparation talking about that, is because Easter, the resurrection of Jesus, is a sacred, a divine, a beautiful declaration that our humanity is valued, seen, and worthy. But Jesus came as a human being, and then he rose from the dead as a human being. The the idea that the resurrection was a bodily resurrection, like Jesus' real body came back to life, is a really fundamental um, belief in, in Christian thought, like kind of throughout history, that's been a really, really big deal. And that tells us that our bodies, our flesh and bones are worthy of resurrection, that they're good, that they're valued, that God loves our bodies, that all of our humanity is really important. And so that's why we've been talking so much about our humanity, because on this Easter Sunday, it's a divine declaration from God that our humanity matters that our bodies are good, that they are worthy of resurrection. And that is good news. And so I thought we could do one more uh, conversation about something that makes us human today. Um, I want to focus our resurrection thought, our Easter thinking today uh, on our faith. Our faith... What we believe about God is a, is a crucial part of our humanity, and we talked about a little bit about that a few weeks ago. But Easter is meant to be kind of this cornerstone day in our faith, Jesus rising from the dead. And so I thought today it would be an important day um, to point all of that resurrection, that Easter energy, uh, onto our faith. And because Easter is such a kind of cornerstone day uh, in the Christian calendar and in our Christian faith, in the context that I grew up in, so I I grew up in a conservative evangelical church context, I know many of you did, Um, in that context, Easter Sunday kind of felt like a celebration of our ripeness, was a celebration of our certainty, Easter Sunday was. It was kind of like we high-fived each other about how right we were. Like, we got it right, and other people get this wrong. Like, nana, nana, boo-boo, we're the right ones. I I kind of feel like it was uh, my dad can beat up your dad Sunday. Like, our guy rose from the dead. What did your guy do? The message was very clear growing up on Easter, that Easter was a reminder 
that we were 100% right. And we were 100% sure about it. And if you disagreed, then you were 100% wrong. When I, when I was growing up, I don't know about you, but Easter just felt like a celebration of rightness. We just high-fived each other for being certain that we were right. But today, I want to invite you into a different kind of faith. And not, not a faith about ensuring our rightness, about being right, feeling right, or being certain of anything, but an honest faith. I really believe that the resurrection of Jesus is an invitation to have an honest faith. So let's look at this Easter story together. We're going to read uh, the Easter narrative from Luke chapter 24. It's kind of a long passage, so just stick with me. Okay, we're going to read 12 verses together. Uh, This is Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 1. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took, took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Okay, so this, this story starts by uh, these women. We know uh, at least Mary Magdalene, uh, the other Mary, the, the mother of James, and uh, Joanna, probably some other women. They all go to the tomb uh, with spices uh, to care for the body of Jesus. And when they show up, there's no body. And um, they are surprised. And then angels come, men who... who who uh, shine like lightning, it says, uh, they come and they say, don't you remember that Jesus told you he was going to rise from the dead? These women, um, they were expecting a body and then there wasn't one. They were just, they were wrong. When they showed up, it was like, oh, I'm wrong. I thought there was going to be a body. There's not a body. And then the angel explains to them, don't don't you remember that Jesus said he was going to do this? And they're like, oh yeah, I guess I do remember. But it turns out these women were were wrong about Jesus. That's kind of how the story starts. And then uh, these women go back to the men and they explain everything that happened. We showed up, there's nobody. These uh, angels come, they tell us, they remind us that Jesus uh, was going to rise from the dead. And it says in verse 11, they, the men, did not believe them. And then Peter went to check it out himself. Um, and uh, he runs, says he runs uh, to the tomb Uh, And then he leaves wondering what had happened. Okay, so these people in this story, uh, these women, very close to Jesus. The disciples followed Jesus. These are the people, these are the the friends and the followers, the family of Jesus. They were the closest to him, heard his teaching, followed him with him, lived with him. And uh, in this one story, we get uh, one group who's just wrong. They had a, a wrong assumption about Jesus 
Uh, we have one group of people who were presented all the information and they still don't believe. And uh, we have another guy, Peter, um, who goes and checks it out for himself and he still isn't sure. Okay, no one in this story is certain or 100% right. There's no certainty and there's no real rightness. And if you back up in the story a little bit, these folks in particular get it wrong like a, like a lot over and over again. Right? They have expectations and beliefs and hopes uh, for Jesus and for following Jesus that don't happen for them. Now, Jesus was their leader. He was their spiritual leader, definitely their religious leader. They were hoping he was going to be a military leader. And then he got arrested, tried, convicted, and killed. That definitely isn't what, these, what this group of people thought was going to happen. Definitely is not the outcome that the disciples thought was going to happen. They, they were wrong. They got it wrong a decent amount. And so in this one story, right, we have a group of people who got it wrong, group of people who were presented information and still don't believe, and Peter, who isn't sure. And, and as the disciples throughout the story or get, it, get it wrong, and especially in this Easter story, they come to these conclusions because they're confined by a historical context and cultural norms, and they can't imagine that the man in front of them, Jesus, would be so powerful as to raise from the dead. And that makes sense. Okay, that's a reasonable conclusion. Right? They, they watch Jesus die in front of them. And they can't conceive that divine love would be shown, displayed, poured out through suffering and even through death. Right? Their historical context, their religious education, their cultural norms told them that divine love was shown through, a, through power, through control, through force. They can't conceive that Jesus would be displaying divine love through suffering and death. They, they can't imagine that compassion and freedom and grace and hope are offered to everybody. Right? The, the, the disciples, they come to these various conclusions that end up being wrong, but they come to these conclusions about Easter and about Jesus because they underestimate the expansive love and grace and power of God. They get it wrong because they underestimate who God is. Now, I just wonder today if you and I, I know we're on a, I'm on screen for you right now, but I just wonder if we could have a moment of honesty. Uh, this is going to take a little bit of vulnerability because you're not in the room. It's a lot more vulnerability for me than it is for you. But I wonder today if you could um, ask yourself, if uh, you've ever at one point or another, and it's okay if that one point is right now, this point, have you ever been less than certain that Jesus died all the way and then came back to life all the way? Have you ever been less than certain, less than 100% sure about the resurrection story? I wonder if you've ever been wrong about some part of your faith your religious systems, your beliefs. Have you ever just been wrong? I wonder if you've ever been presented all the information and maybe you want to believe, but deep down, you just can't. 
And I wonder who just isn't sure if you're just leaving wondering. That's what it says about Peter. You're just not sure. You're just not sure. For me, it's three for three. There's been plenty of moments where I haven't been 100% certain about a man coming to earth, claiming to be God, dying and rising from the dead. There's been plenty of moments. Plenty of moments I've been wrong about my religious beliefs, my faith. Plenty of moments I'm not 100% sure. And lots of times I've been presented all the information and I still don't know if I can get all the way there. But Easter isn't a celebration of our certainty or our rightness. This is an invitation for an honest faith. The fact that these gospel writers were, would include all the times they were wrong, I think it's an invitation for us. I think it's permission for us that the story of death and resurrection, that God on a cross, it shows us that God is bigger, more expansive, more compassionate, more gracious, more loving than we can imagine. We can't conceive of a God so good. We are going to get it wrong. And we are confined to historical context and social norms and religious education that tells us something about God. And if we stay confined in that box, if we have to be 100% sure all the time, what will happen is we'll just confine Jesus to the same box that we're stuck in. There is room for not knowing. This is Part of the good news of Easter, there is room for having all the information and just not being ready to believe. There is room for being wrong about God. Easter invites us into an honest faith because it, it reminds us that we can be wrong about even the biggest, most important ideas. Divine love doesn't hinge on our ability to unwind the universe's greatest mysteries. Divine love doesn't hinge on our ability to be certain, to know we're right, to feel right. I recently heard some interesting research by uh, Dr. Wendy Mogul. Dr. Mogul is a, a family psychologist, and she traveled the country interviewing middle school and high school students. So she, she asked them all kinds of questions in this interview, but she finished every interview with the same question. Uh, she asked them, what is one thing you would want me to tell your parents tonight? One thing you would want them to know. And the, the number one response by far to this question uh, was middle school and high school parents said, what I, want my, what I want my parents to know, if you could tell them one thing, it would be, um, please chill out. That's the quote from these middle school and high school students. Please chill out. Calm down. That's what middle school and high school students want their parents to hear. Calm down. And uh, doc Dr. Mogul said this about that research. She said, uh, we are so devoted to getting this right that we interfere with the bond of trust and grace. I'm going to say it again because it's a good quote. We are so devoted to getting this right that we interfere with the bond of trust and grace. Listen, I'm giving zero parenting advice. Okay, this isn't parenting advice, but I just can't help but think that's how God must feel about us. 
that we run around trying to build theological arguments and a logical proof and five reasons we know for sure that Jesus existed and uh, lived in this town and uh, walked this path and actually died in this place and then really rose from the dead. We walk around trying to prove ourselves right constantly. And I can't help but think that God is looking at us and thinking, would you chill out just a little, would you chill out just a little bit? Calm down and that maybe our devotion to getting it right is interfering with the divine bond of trust and grace. And if we could embrace an honest faith, not knowing everything, then I think we'll find out that we've been underestimating how powerful and gracious and loving God really is. When we give up control of being right about our faith, we'll see that our certainty didn't make God love us anymore and that our being right didn't create any more divine trust. Divine love doesn't hinge on our ability to be certain. It doesn't. And Easter is this grand invitation to have an honest faith. It's a reminder that there's room. So for you, are you the kind of person that has to be certain? I, I've said the word wrong a lot, okay? Do you cringe at the idea of being wrong? Do you, just, do you cringe at that idea? One, one way you might know if you do is, um, how much Googling do you do in, in conversation to prove that you're right? Maybe with your spouse, with your partner, with a group of friends. If you're sitting at dinner and someone brings something up, are you fact-checking as they talk? Like, how much do you need to be right? And how could you cultivate an honest faith this Easter? A faith that doesn't have to be right. Maybe it could start by um, admitting the things you've already been wrong about. So I'm not going to challenge you today to say, right now I'm wrong about this. So that may be, uh, may be too high of an expectation, but, but I wonder if you could look back in hindsight and say, hey, I was wrong about this idea and this idea and this idea. And if you could look backwards and see what you've already been wrong about, maybe it would help you loosen the grip just a little bit. And maybe you could cultivate an honest faith, a, a faith that doesn't have to be so right or certain by, by trusting God a little bit more, by believing that God's love is bigger than your ability to know about God's love. Maybe an exercise in trust would help you gain some freedom. I believe that the resurrection of Jesus is a cornerstone of our faith. Not, not because we're required to be certain about it, but because it reminds us that we're allowed to not understand everything. The resurrection is a grand mystery. God is more powerful and more loving and more, and more pa compassionate than we can possibly imagine. And there is enough room for you. There is room for not knowing. There is room for having the information and still not believing. And there's room for being wrong. There is room enough for you. It's easy to think of Easter as a historical event 
that happened to a man who claimed to be God 2,000 years ago. It's even easy sometimes to pretend that we're 100% sure about that historical event 2,000 years ago. But today, I'm not asking you to be certain or right about the Easter story. I'm not asking you to be certain or right about resurrection. I actually don't think Easter is something you can be right or wrong about. Easter isn't just true because it happened. Easter is true because it's happening. Resurrection is the story of everything. Resurrection is the air we breathe. Resurrection is our ultimate reality. Everything is dying and rising. Resurrection is like gravity. You can build all the theories you want about it, feel like you're right and someone else is wrong, but it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what your beliefs are. If you throw a ball up in the air, it's going to hit the ground. And it doesn't matter what theories you've, you've built. It doesn't matter how right you think you are and how wrong you think someone else is. Resurrection is the air we breathe. This isn't a story about a man 2,000 years ago. This is a story about you. You are walking resurrection. Every breath you take is rebirth. Everything you eat is death creating life. Right now, right now, like this second, wherever you're watching this, there are 50 to 70 million cells in your body that are dying to make room for 50 to 70 million new cells in your body. Resurrection. Whether you know it or not, you are walking resurrection. So today, I'm not asking you to celebrate our rightness. We're not giving out any high fives for being 100% sure. I'm reminding you of your truest reality. So gather, hear this good news today. New life is springing forth in our world. Hope is rising in you. Resurrection is your reality, and God is bigger, more expansive, more loving than you can imagine, and there is plenty of room for you. Divine love has never and will never be dependent on your ability to be certain. So if you would do me a favor, I know, I'm again, I'm on a screen, but if you would do me a favor, you could take a deep breath in and out. Put your hand over your heart. Feel it beating. That is new life, gather. And this is my prayer for you today. Know that if you are breathing, if your heart is beating, if you are alive, then you don't have to be right to be worthy. You don't have to be certain to be seen. You are loved, you are treasured, you are here, and you are walking resurrection. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.